Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lab Zero podcast. We are here today for Lap 39. Uh, this is going to be the Ryan Newman episode. That's, I think, who we picked to be in the 39 car because there wasn't really many choices. Uh, I am joined today by none other than Dave, Norman, and uh, myself, Antonio. Unfortunately, Levi can't join us this week. He's uh, He's got some stuff on the go. So we're going to do our usual, run you through some NASCAR, uh, run you through some Formula One, and then, you know, progress into in it, bin it, and win it. We, uh, we ended up missing last week. Uh, we apologize for that. We just had some stuff come up. We couldn't all end up getting together and have a time uh, time to, I guess, get everything going. We did do our in it, win it, bin it picks, which actually did end up being pretty interesting. So that'll be cool uh, to update you on how that's going. Uh, aside from that, if y'all don't got anything else, do we want to just roll ourselves right into some NASCAR? I can update you guys on how, Give how me last week went. Some NASCAR. Yeah, update us on last week. Let's go. So I got to go double check where we actually went last week because I know I can't remember. It's Vegas. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. But uh, uh, Vegas was it was nice. an okay race. Um, we ended up having Larson lock himself into the final four. So that was cool. Um, overall, Bell, Bell ran him down pretty good last lap too. They ended up coming across the finish line right, right behind each other. I think Bell had a little bobble there. There's about 14 to go. They were... They were pretty close. They weren't. Uh, I think Bell actually had his pit crew probably throw for him too last week, and again, it actually is going to end up happening this week. But some stuff going on there. Um, it was a pretty good race. Nothing too crazy to comment on though. Um, other than that, that's that's pretty much all that happened last week. Um, rolling into this week, we went to Homestead. Homestead, I thought was a great race. I think it always provides good racing with this new package. I'll be honest with you, the lanes just make it so much more enjoyable of a race to watch. You can see you guys pick a lane. You can see how the dirty air works, uh, so it makes for a cool race. Uh, our boy C. Bell ended up picking up a win after, you know, a late race shakeup, I'd like to say, about with, like, 50 to go in the race. We had a, a caution come out, made a, made it for made a little interesting race. Uh, other than Up until that point, we had uh, Blaney and Larson were battling each other, then coming on to pit road for green flag stops. They were, like, the first two guys to come in, aside from, I think, a couple other cars that were not relevant in the upper top 10 battle. Uh, coming into the pit road, I think this is just based off of what I saw. I think Larson ended up blowing the pit road and he hit the barriers and that was tough because he ended up being out of the race after that. And then was it a was hard a hard hit. hit. It was rough. They sent. It looked like it looked like him. Well, him and Blaney made contact, but he was just, it was his fault, man. He was being too aggressive. He got into the back of Blaney. It unsettled the car. He went out. He went to the right and just boom. Blaney was. I don't know how accurate NBC's speed trackers are, but it showed Blaney entering at 45 miles an hour. So I know Blaney was a little bit slower than he should have been on the actual pit lane, but I think Larson was still coming in way too hot. I do too. I do too. But that was that was what some of that interests me that. If Blaney wasn't there, could he have made it? Yeah, I don't know. Because he did have to kind of like, it almost looked like he like locked up a little bit or like had that like sliding yeah. under braking when you're braking so hard it slides. Because that's what actually ended up sending him into the barriers. But uh, they did actually touch a bit. He did get he get, did get a nick of the right rear of Blaney. Um, it did pretty good damage to Larson's car. He ended up going behind the wall and I don't think he ended up coming back out. So that was tough for him. Oh no, he was he was done. He was probably set to go win that race. So aside, well, him and Blaney were going back and forth. It's hard to really say who was going to win. But after that, it kind of shook up the race. And then uh, Blaney had a pretty good run there on that restart. And then it ended up him and Denny started battling. And then 
Danny ended up blowing a tire, which I can't say I wasn't jumping for joy no, when that happened. No, it wasn't a tire. Wasn't it a tire? What happened? No. I didn't hear about if it. If you look at him in pit lane, all his tires were full. It had to be something in the suspension that broke. Oh, he must have broke a suspension piece then. Because anyways, he ended up flying yeah. into the wall. like from the. He was on like almost the bottom lane of the track, and then all of a sudden, we just watched him go right up the track into the fence. So something must have broke on that car. We don't know what it was. I thought it was a tire, but I guess obviously the replays didn't do a very good job of showing us what happened. So... Oh, well, in that part, but it was, um, yeah, it was other than that. I think it then ended up, uh, Bell ended up getting a good run there on the restart after he was chasing down Byron, got by Byron. And then I think Blaney and Reddick ended up getting by Byron too. I don't know why he went backwards so quick and, uh, we ended up finishing it out that way. Uh, so good race for the Blaney bathtub. We're doing pretty good. He's 10 above the cutoff line. So no complaints <laughs> there. Um, I got a question. Just answer this. Who called Christopher Bell getting into the final four by a win? You did. You did, Darman. <laughs> but I also said to look out for C. Bell, even though he doesn't have a mustache. <laughs> oh, brother. So, so anyways, our uh, our championship our championship four is starting to... It's half full now, so we'll have to see how uh, the rest of this goes. But if you didn't get a chance... I mean, I probably should have said this before I spoiled everything, but if you if you don't get a chance, you should go watch that race. Um, it was it was pretty good. I can't lie. Um, good the whole race. I got a question, and since we haven't talked about this point, I didn't know if you were going to bring it up or not. Martin Truex engine oh, looks like it's about to right. go. I forgot about that too. Do if you're the crew chief, I leave him on the track. Like why? Points like the worst. You're out of the race, and you cause a caution. The best you finish the race and get something. Mm, yeah, I don't know. He was so down on power, though. Like, you might just end up causing more damage than doing good. I mean, I know they got lots of money, but if it's already on the way to blowing up, you might as well save it than chuck a rod through the block or something stupid, you know? It's hard to say. Not not, yeah. how, the, not how everything's set up. Like, you get more money by advancing to the final four than you do by not making it, right? Yeah, but I st they still finished last on the lead lap anyways, though. So what's the difference? Or, well, last not on the lead lap, but last of those cars that were still in contention, right? So I don't think it would have really made a difference, especially if he started okay. going really down on power. Like, realistically, realistically, let's say he rode it around, finished last, you know, laps down because it was so slow. Then, you know, really. Plus, NASCAR probably would make you pull it off, too, because they're worried about oiling the track. So... Yeah, anyways, I don't think it would have been worth it. I think it just made more sense to pull off, right. but I see what you mean, though. I guess I'm just that old school guy. I'm just like, run into the balls, man. Run into the balls. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, back to our championship four. I did forget Truex. Truex had a, a shitty time, too. I can't can't blame the guy. He's got no luck. So, he's been, you know what? He's been rough since the playoffs, sorry. He got carried through the round of 16 and the round of 12 by his um his wins or his regular season win and the bonus points you get. So, you know what? I can't say I feel bad for him because honestly he hasn't been performing. But oh well. It, could you on Seabell though? Like his pit crew tried to screw him again. Yeah, he's got to get a better pit crew. They're always like a second, half second slower, and it, it sounds like it's not a lot. But in NASCAR now, the pit stops like really do matter. Like it used to be like you know fourteen, sixteen seconds was a good stop. Now it's like, and you could be a second off, and it wouldn't make a difference. Now it's like. We're running like 
10 second pit stops, nine second pit stops, sometimes eight. Like you need to be on it. Well, so it's huge. Under green, under caution, like they came in, he came in with the lead and left in third. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. He he always loses spots on 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 cautions and stuff. So it's shitty for him for sure. Um, but other than that, I think we covered everything in the race. Is that all now, Norman? I don't remember. I think everything else that was good. That was pretty much it. I just yeah, missed that's, that's just your major bullet. Points. Yeah, all the major bullet points. Uh, so C Bell locks himself in. So that leaves uh C Bell and Larson at the top of the final four. Um, the current two that are still in by points is uh actually Byron and Blaney. So. I would anticipate Byron would need to have a really, really bad Martinsville race, like taken out in stage one to not make it through or, you know, doesn't get any stage points and gets taken out late in the race or something like that. But other than that, he's pretty much locked himself in. If he can get a stage win or two, he's probably pretty much good to go at that point. Um, Blaney's currently 10 above the cutoff line. This was thanks to Denny and Truex having pretty rough races. Um, and then that leaves, uh, Reddick, Truex, Hamlin, and Busher currently out. So I will say though, this is going to be pretty crazy. Cause I think a lot of these guys are going to be in must wins. Cause you're going to honestly, at this point of the round of eight, you see everybody taking stage points. If there's a caution before the stage or stuff like that, nobody comes in early. They're not trying to go for the win. Uh, the only person who might be doing that is Busher being 43 down. Cause he's in a must win at this point. Um, but Tyler Reddick, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, they're, even Blaney, they're all in that like 10 to 17 point range where Blaney's 10 up, the rest uh, Reddick's 10 down, Truex and Hamlin are both 17 down. They're pretty much in a must win as well because I or they need, you know, one of the guys in front to wreck. So, you know, it's going to be a pretty crazy race. Like if we have we could have a big one that takes out some championship contender. You don't even know. I, I, it's going to be nuts, though. It's like it's everything NASCAR's ever wanted to fabricate some some entertainment. That's all I'm saying. This is going to be nuts. So, but at Martinsville, you can't pit early under green because you're going. Oh to yeah, true. Down. You can't do that anyway. So that doesn't even matter more. So yeah, no. It's it's going to be literally guys are going to be. The good thing Logano's not here because Truex would be getting taken out. So <laughs> <laughs> so. He still might get taken out. It's true. Logano was kind of going to go for that win. It's true. So he doesn't care. It's true. And um, I was thinking if uh, if we end up finishing uh, in this championship four order, it's going to be all the Dirt Boys champion uh, be fighting for the championship. We got C Bell, Kyle Larson, Blaney's at, Blaney does dirt. Byron's on dirt. I think Reddick does some dirt too. To be honest with you, so it'd be it'd be that, that'd be kind of cool too. So. You never know. You never know. Anything can happen in the final four. You see it like the best cars on track. We're de- on track are definitely Larson, Byron, Truex, and Hamlin. But you see it. Something. No someone wall slips riding and this race. You see someone slips and C Bell makes his way in. And yeah, nobody's gonna wall ride this race. Thankfully, Ross Chastain is not here. So let's see. Well, also it's illegal now. And yeah, it's illegal too. So. So uh, Busher's got to get in fair and square. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's happening. No, I don't think it would be worth it. No, he, dude, early in that race, he was five miles an hour a lap off the pace. Busher, yeah, and I was on like like lap nineteen. I was like, dude, dude, that must be a gut check. Yeah, I would have lost money if I bet on it. I thought he was gonna. Do really well in the playoffs. I guess he did. So, but. Yeah. 
I still think he did. Like I'd be ecstatic in that equipment. He, you beat your teammates. Um, but anyway, so what are we looking at? Moving on to Formula One now. Yeah, I mean, other than that, NASCAR, we run into we run into Martinsville next week, and then we got the Phoenix Championship for us all back to back. Um, that pretty much sums up everything. Here's hoping Blaney makes it through, but. Uh, do we want to revise our championship for what do we think is going to happen at Martinsville? I mean, Seabell and Larson are locked in. Who do we think is taking those last two spots? I think Willie B's a guaranteed thing, but I think that next spot's a complete toss-up. I don't think Blaney's got that secured at all. And I, I, you could easily see someone like Reddick somehow pulling something off and winning or getting in or something nuts. And you know what? I wouldn't count Drex or Hamlin out at that track. They both are going to do well there. I think it's going to be Hamlin. It's going to be Truex or it's going to be Blaney. But it's going to be one of those three winning the race. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. At this point, you have to pretty much win. Like, I mean, shit. Haven't all, like, the other races been pretty much won by playoff drivers, too? Like, who else locked in? There was two lock-in winners in the round of 12, three lock-in winners in the round of 16. We're, we're fixing to probably have the most wins to get, like, in, in the playoff rounds by playoff drivers. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If someone wins the, fa- uh, the championship four by winning the race, too, like, that, that's pretty nuts. At least it goes to show you that it's kind of working too. The good thing I will say about this season though is at least like the guys in the championship are all guys that are up there in what would be a full length season standings championship. So at least it's like it's a little bit more like okay, whoever wins kind of deserves it this year. It's not like you know other years where it's like oh why is Ross Chastain there? Like he's like you know eleventh in points or something. So. Other than that, that is NASCAR. Let's roll ourselves into the Austin, Texas Grand Prix, baby. I know uh, Dave likes Texas. That's Deep in it. the heart of Texas. <laughs> That's right. So, the I, I got to say, the National night. Anthem off the observation deck was pretty cool. Yes, I thought that was wicked. Coda's a very cool place, man. If you have not been to the Circuit of the Americas, it is a very, very cool place. I've, I have. It comes to racing. I have not driven in a race on the Circuit of the Americas. I have driven passenger in an Audi R8 on a hot lap, and that was fucking cool. But uh, it is a cool place. I think it's a good track. I love Coda. I think it's an awesome racetrack. Uh, I think it provides decent racing. I think it's the best track in the United States. Can we all agree on that? By a long I think, shot. I think it's the best track that F1 goes to in the United States. It's the States. best. <laughs> it is yeah. the pinnacle of U.S. Formula One racing. I think it's go. cool. There you go. I, I think it's cool. I don't like the track that much, to be completely honest with you. I've never liked it from driving it and from watching. It's like kind of, uh, but the, uh, it, you know, it puts on a good show. I mean, shit, if you're going to go somewhere in the U.S., you might as well go to Texas. Like, that's. You know, oh, they built the perfect, be- beautiful looking track, too. Oh, we need a shirt that says that. If you're going to go anywhere in the U.S., you should go to Texas. You should go to Texas. No, we don't need that Howdy shirt. damn it. Unless you're um, watching a NASCAR race, then you don't want to go to Texas. But other than that. <laughs> no, I thought. Or an indie race. I thought overall the Formula One weekend was good. Um, the attendance we found out was down from last year. Oh, really? What was it? I'm curious. It was 432 this year. It was 440 last year. That was that's a weekend attendance, and so if you, you didn't listen, forty, four forty, four hundred forty thousand, yeah. And how much was it last year? 
uh, it, that last year it was four hundred and forty thousand. This year it was four hundred and thirty-two thousand. That's oh okay. Oh, okay. weekend well, that's, attendance. That's realistically, nothing. Yeah, but real quick, I got a question. That was, all the, that was all the Latifi fans leaving. <laughs> <laughs> what doesn't a NASCAR? And I'm not talking about like the five hundred, but I'm thinking about like Talladega. You got two hundred thousand fans there on a Sunday. Uh, I should check that, but I mean, it's weekend attendance is if you didn't listen to our, I think it was like lap 11 or 12 or something. I went into, I talked about how attendance is not that attendance number they show is Friday, Saturday and Sunday entries at the gate combined. Yeah. It's not how many people were there on race day. But what I can tell you from going to Coda is that Coda is very candid about their capacity because Austin is very anal about their fire marshal code and occupancy. And I'm pretty sure their occupancy is like 200 or 200,000 or a quarter million people. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I heard, I've heard rumors that they underreport attendance on purpose because it saves them quite a bit of money. So, I would believe that there was 200,000, 180 to 200,000 people there on race day. There had to be. Yeah, I, I will. The 2023 Daytona 500 had about 150,000 from what I read back when it came out. So I know they definitely pull more. Like, without a doubt, you should. It's a global sport versus a national sport. But you know, NASCAR does It's also like good, eight like, times the though. price. Dude. Yeah, it's also eight times the price. Like you already know, if the prices were more reasonable and there was a facility that could withstand a million people, there'd be a million people there. Like you know, what I mean, it's there without the fact that Formula One's able to do it three times in the U.S. this year is yeah, and that was crazy. the cheapest event out of all of them too. Yeah, <laughs> it put it to you this crazy. way: from my reports, maybe not two hundred, but a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand were expected. At Sunday's race for Talladega in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think those numbers are realistic for a Sunday big so race. You, People love so racing. If you think about their whole weekend, I think they're sitting a hundred thousand less than Formula One. I mean, Formula One is definitely not the most popular racing series in the United States, for sure. NASCAR is the most popular racing series in the United States. Yeah. For sure. The ratings show it. The attendance show it. The merch walking down the street shows it. The random person that walks up to your counter with a Dale Earnhardt shirt. I mean, like, it's embedded in American culture, NASCAR. I think it, I think what it, what I'm trying to get at too here is, this whole you like I love Formula One. Like I choose Formula One over NASCAR. It was on my main monitor. Why the NASCAR race was on my sec my third monitor right. today. Yes, but at the same time, I don't understand this whole U.S. push that we're getting because I don't think it's there. I think it's it's a. I think they're too price. It's just too expensive. I think that's the problem. I think you'd see yeah. way more people there. Like it's one of those things where you're competing with forty dollars NASCAR tickets versus you know 
$4,000 F1 tickets. Like, you know what I mean? It's just unreasonable. <laughs> Nobody wants to go play those, pay those absurd prices for um, something like Form that. And they come Formula three times. One, Formula One is a master at experience-based economy marketing. And so Netflix leads to increased interest. Scarcity increases demand. So now you have all these people in the U.S., but they have to go to Austin if they want to see a race. So if you live in California or New York, like if you're not from the U.S., that's a long way, man. That's a really long way. So, you know, now there's this demand to create tracks. Well, now there's less scarcity. So demand and supply are going to equal out eventually. And I think we're there. And now we go backwards because I think, you know, like you said, we that's normal, though. So like we went further in the supply and now it's like, oh, shit, numbers are going down. And so now that now we see the tickets get cheaper is my point. Like su supply and demand equal price. So I'm I'm happy about it because to, for for my wife, my son who's two, and me to go to Austin, Texas, which is three and a half three hours from where I live, it still would have been like fucking two to four thousand dollars to go to this Formula One race. Like if if I just wanted to drive on Sunday and drive back, that's fine. But like. Still, three-hour drive with a kid. Like, you still want to get a hotel room, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so even without flights, you know, and the tickets are, I think Costco is finally doing them for like three or $400 for a general admission three-day pass. But like with a kid, it's tough. So I would really like, even if it's a bleacher seat, you know, that's kind of something, you know what I mean? So it, it adds up. But still, even if I went general admission, the cheapest ticket I wanted to, to buy and drove there with gas, it still would have been like 1800 bucks without a hotel. So, yeah, that's too expensive, dude. Like, I, I, I'm going to go to the, day, the 24 hours of Daytona in January, and with tickets, the flights, the rental car, and the hotel, I'm not going to spend over $2,000. Yeah, it's, so like, it's not worth it, unless it's no. like, for like the first time ever, maybe, but like, which I had my year? experience, and the best seat in the house is on TV, baby. Like you can see the whole race; it's great. You know, I, feel like... I feel like it is too. From everyone I've heard that's gone to a race, like I had this. There's this girl, like one of my coworkers, who went to the Austrian Grand Prix this year, and she was like, she's like, it was so cool to experience in person. But she's like, the actual race, she's like, though, she's like, we were just staring at a TV the whole time, and then yeah. oh, there they come, and then you know, thirty seconds later, the rest of the field comes by after Max goes by, but like. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. there's Max. Okay, hang on, hold on, hold on. Wait. Oh, oh there's there's Lewis in second. <laughs> and then, you know, 19 other cars go by. I think but. Formula One realizes that. And I think that they they can, it's like a Taylor Swift concert. Like Taylor Swift could charge $40 and tour over and over and over and over and over again and like make a bunch of money. Or she could be this like cult following fucking four, three hundred, four hundred dollar ticket, and she's a fucking mermaid. And she flies in on a, you know, but your seats are in the nosebleeds behind the stage. You can't fucking see it anyway. You know, you can't, you can't afford the the good ticket. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think they get it. Like, it's, they're just, everyone's going to swipe that credit card once and that's fine. And then Miami and Vegas go away after like 2028 and Austin needs to get resurfaced. We see the USGP go away 
or maybe just go to Vegas for like some sort of stupid casino themed fucking, uh, you know, pit bull race, like, like the Coliseum, you know, of, uh, formula one. But no, I don't think we see formula one become this like embedded love of American culture. I really do think it was a flash in the pan. I think they're going to retain fans like me. Like that got me. I'm I'm a life fan of Formula 1. So I would say like maybe what do you say guys? Like 15-20% of your drive to survivors are going to stick around. Maybe. Yeah, I think the other thing too five. is you you lose the exclusivity of it by having the three grand prix. I think that's kind of yeah. Like F1's always kind of been an ex- exclusive type thing like you you each country only right. has one race aside from you know Italy's got somehow two which only has happened recently and I mean shit Italy's been there forever so like are we surprised no and they're still different from each other and still get crazy tenses but the US was like you know Austin is cool great like you know what as much as I actually don't like the track and that's just me like it's just the the actual driving of the track that I don't like everything around it's great facility seems awesome right but it, me not liking the track aside, I I really don't think Miami and and Vegas deserve a race. I don't. I think that Miami track sucks. I don't know why they ever chose to go to Miami and make a track. Um, Vegas. I guess I can kind of understand. You know, sports betting's huge. Like you say, we talk about it all the time on here with all the betting and everything, and and you know what Vegas thinks. So you know, having something go down the strip is huge for them. That's like the biggest money grab race you could possibly have. So, um, but where I was going with that was it's no longer exclusive when you have all those things. So I think most people would rather just pay the money to go to Texas and enjoy that. Like nobody, nobody normal is going to go to Vegas or Miami because it's just so stupidly expensive that right. it just makes no sense. So I think those are going to go for sure eventually, or right. or at least we're going to lose two out of three races. I, I think it's just. It's just a time period that we're in where it's been booming in the U.S. because of Drive to Survive and all this stuff. And just now, finally, they're like, oh, there's a market for it. Let's go like there while we can. But I it think- takes time to do R&D and build shit. That's why we didn't see this already in 2020. Yeah. You know, and and so like this is it like everything else. You're, you're slow to the game with actual business. That's just how the world works. And so now we're going to see it hit a little late. We're going to see all the people find a stride. We'll get some lifelong fans like as a as a new dad, like taking my kid to a race is like the best. Like I'm I'm going to spend I'm going to give Formula One a lot more money in the next 10 years. I know that because that's but not for me. I could give a shit. I'm going to sit on my couch and watch the race because I can actually see it and I can put, you know, put my slippers on and drink you know, beer that's a dollar fifty to two dollars, not twelve dollars a beer. And, you know, I can enjoy the race. But, you know, the kiddos want to go see the race. And I think that NASCAR has the monopoly on the market when it comes to that marketing of like bring your kid to the race. And Formula One's good at it too. Because like when when we went to Austin, I didn't have a kid then. But uh, there was this huge long line to get like Danny Ricardo's signature. But like there was this like line where if you were a kid, they would just send you straight up. And so like no adults got his signature. It was all kids like back and forth. 
And so Formula One definitely prioritized it, but man, NASCAR, they got websites and Formula One's doing it too, but anyway, you gotta support the kids. I personally I don't know how much it really costs to go to the um race in Texas, but I'm gonna say, correct me if I'm wrong. Say I'm traveling from out of town. It's gonna cost me probably what five to eight grand hotel flight getting all there from Alabama. Uh if for one person, so if you're a member at Costco in Texas, so if you had a friend, I'm I'm just giving you the best case scenario here, okay. right? So let's say you call me like, yo, I want to go to the Austin race. I'm a Costco member. I think it was like 350 plus tax for a three-day general admission pass if you're a Costco member. So I get you this pass, right? That's not bad. That's really not bad because on their website, it was like upwards of $600 or something like that for a three-day general admission. But that's just general admission. I don't get attic or any of that. Yeah, yeah, it's GA Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'll tell you the GA at Coda is pretty good. But as you saw on TV, that's a sea of people. Like, it's yeah. not comfortable general admission. You are, it's like being at a rock concert all day in the sun, which is sucky. And then I'm from Texas. It's hot. Uh, so, uh, like, okay, so I give you that. The flight, let's call that there and back. Best case scenario. 500. Oh, I don't think it'll be that much. I think you could get a flight for. No, it'll be that much now. Maybe. Planes are ridiculous right Maybe. now. Maybe. Let's, I was going to say like 350 if you, you know, something like that. Maybe I could get away with 350. Okay. Hotel in Austin at that time is going to be tough. You're going to spend probably over a grand on three nights. You're probably going to want to stay the night you get there, you know, Thursday and then leave on Monday or you might fly home Sunday. So let's call it four nights. So you're going to spend 25, maybe 20 or not, excuse me, uh, 15 to, you know, 13 to 1500 bucks on lodging. And then believe me when I say on merch and beer, you're going to spend three or $400 at the track. At least minimum <laughs> minimum dude. It may, I got to eat. Oh, well, I mean, food truck foods that, that one meal is going to be 25, 30 bucks. You know, your beers are 10 to 15. You want a cocktail. That's like $20, maybe more. I think the beers might've been 18. Actually, they were expensive. Uh, you know, your merch, like, so I you we were chatting today on video chat that me- mechanic shirt that I was wearing that Red Bull mechanic shirt yeah. I think that one was like ninety dollars or a hundred dollars for that shirt and then so what I'm getting I at mean, dude, yeah. is I would rather say for five let's years, call it three grand I think for three to four thousand mm-hmm. dollars you could go if you had hookups if you didn't have hookups you'd probably spend five to six I don't think I think eight eight grand's too much but I would rather save. For five years and have 15 grand it all pump it into flying over and going to watch the spa race than going to the austin Grand. right race. it's funny that's you don't I'm even at. need that much money to go to spa <laughs> it's no, cheaper it's not yeah. it's not but that that's expensive. what i'm saying like <laughs> i don't know like that's me personally being an f1 fan like i would rather go watch spa silverstone um the nerd you know, the German Grand Prix. Make a trip out of it. One of the Italian Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. because those flights, yeah. that flight's going to be just a couple hundred dollars more. The ticket's going to be yeah. cheaper. You know, everything else is going to be cheaper. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm I'm looking at the Hungarian GP. I'm looking at the, 
because yeah, I was y'all can call me make hungry y'all can call me crazy are the, like one of the few uh, cheapest ones dude yeah I would like to go to the Brazilian Grand Prix oh man I don't know if you I don't know <laughs> I don't know about Rio de, de Janeiro I've heard, or whatever I've heard some is. I've heard some questionable things about um being not Brazil. Brazilian and going to that race I don't know how else to say that but let's just get into the Austin Grand Prix yeah it was good we, like, it was good it was packed diverged, like we, we we diverted a little bit. It was packed. It was obviously popular. Um, I don't need to be the the leader on this. I was uh, I watched the race. I was a little distracted, but um, it it was uh, the start was good. The race was not. I don't think the race is what it lived up to be. And I, my two cents. I think let's talk about this first, guys. I don't like the whole qualifying sprint shootout 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 one. Uh, and then this is for, we're going to decide poll for the, and then we'll, we'll do another race. And then that race is going to decide. No, this it, format sucks. Dude. I honestly, I, I, I still don't know how it works. I haven't Googled Friday, it. Fr Friday. It's just Friday practice one and qualifying. And then Saturday is solely a sprint day. So there's another qualifying for the sprint races or for the sprint race, and then there's a sprint race, and then Sunday is just you take the results okay. from Friday and use it So Saturday had no implications for Sunday at all. No, it's basically two qualifyings and two races, and they don't affect each other. And no, But it's Park Ferme the whole time. To my understanding, I think after Friday, isn't it? Or no, it's yeah. the sprint race open. Yeah, yeah, I think after the Friday no, it's qualifying, all Park Ferme. Screwed, yeah. That's why Haas started at the back, because they it's did stupid. adjustments, because their car Dude. sucked. They were just like, well, why would we start and suck? Is a terrible format. You get one effing practice to set your car up for the whole weekend. Yeah, I know. This reminds me of when NASCAR during COVID was doing no practice or qualifying, and it was just stupid because no nobody who should have been good was good because they had no time to practice. It was just dumb. If I, you're gonna, I don't like it. It's gimmicky. Like if it, and I feel like that's part like what we were talking about with the American market. Like it's this is all gimmicky shit. Like this is like this is what they want. They want more racing and less uh, thinking, you know, like, I don't know. It, I, I don't think it'll stick around just like the Miami Grand Prix. I don't think it's going to stick around this format. If we're going to keep this crap, go back to the sprint qualifying races where the, the race actually means that's where you're starting. I like I, I, I still didn't like it, but I like that more than this. Sure. Well, okay, here, here if I got to have it, I'll take that. Hear me out. If there, I, I, I've been saying this, but hear me out. If. They're, if they want a sprint race so bad, then why don't they just do what they literally do in the other two series, in F2 and F3? Just literally have Friday be two practices, Saturday do a qualifying, Saturday do a sprint race. On the sprint race, the only thing you got to do is take that exact qualifying grid and just do an invert and then have your race on Sunday. And then don't make... The don't make Saturday's finishing order matter. Like it, it matters for points, sure. But Sunday, just take the Friday that Saturday qualifying grid again and just use it again. That's all they do. So Saturday, they take it. It's like it's literally a sprint shootout. That is what it defines as. Because all you're doing is you're taking qualifying's grid, you're putting it into the into into the Saturday sprint race grid, and you're just flipping the top ten. So, you know, pole starts 10th, and now it's just, it's like a dash for cash race sort of thing. And then Sunday is still unaffected because all you do is you just take Saturday's race. That's all it does. It's, I, I think that's the best way to go about it, and that's exactly what they do in the lower categories. So why not do it the same? Why does it have to be different? This, this second qualifying session is fucking stupid. It needs to go. 
I can get behind that. Like, it makes sense. If we had anything that is better than what we had last year and a thousand times better than what we have this year. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, the sprint qualifying is a better alternative than what we have now, where it's just a sprint race and it does affect the order. But the problem is then nobody wants to fight, so it gets boring. If you want it to be a true, like, do something race, I think the sprint's the only way to do it. But I'll be honest with you, with the R&D and all the stuff that goes into this car and them being smart enough to know that they don't... The reason this... Here, okay. The reason the sprint races work in F2 and F3 is because those guys are fighting to get to the next level so they can have an invert and they still want to win. If you put an invert in F1, they don't care because the sprint doesn't matter that much. You're giving out eight points if you win. And a few for the rest. Like, it's not it's not much. It's not worth it to go wreck your car and be now out on Sunday or do catastrophic damage that does, you know, you got to get a new engine for Saturday, Sunday or something like that. It's just, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't think it'll work. I think realistically, they should just keep it as like what we've been doing for forever. But if they do go through with it, do that F2, F3 sprint style system. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Nobody's going to like wasn't it. it per, wasn't it Perez that they had to build too much of his car back that they, they told him that he brought up it's like they just built a new car, so he's got to start from pit lane. I don't know. Somebody had it, though. It was just like, what's the point? Yeah, it's like, dude, like, that just showed you that, yeah, we're not going to race that hard. You know, it's like, what's the point now? Like, you really just screwed yourself on that whole debate. Yeah, it's dumb. But um, I guess rolling into the actual race. So um, it was a decent race, I guess. There was... Um, there's the one and two or the two, what was it two and three stop strategies or was that what it was? Or was it one and two? I wasn't paying attention. I'm not going to lie. I missed uh, like the first one half. and two. I was watching a lot of one and two. There. Yeah. One and two. One and so two. it did make for a little bit of uh interestingness, I guess we can say. Um, I don't know. Does somebody else want to run through the, the highlights of what happened? I don't, I didn't really pay too yeah. much attention to that. Well, getting into lie. the strategy, not really highlights, but we'll get into the strategy, um, debate. Excuse me. I disagree with Norris's strategy. Um, now he was my win pick, so that's I was really focused on him. I felt that he should have tried to run a little bit longer on the hards and switch to the mediums and not try to cover Max. But him going to the hards, I think, screwed him over. And you knew Hamilton was going to the mediums because he ran five laps longer on his first stop. And I just, I literally think that all Heat Norris had to do is run five more laps and it would have helped him. I don't know if y'all got any comments on that. Yeah, I do. I mean, like, so I think uh, McLaren, first of all, Zach Brown and McLaren and, uh, and Lando Norris realize they're racing Max Verstappen. Um, I'm kind of with you. I, I felt like they should have at least tried something different to shake it up. But maybe they just knew that on whatever tire they chose, Max was going to have optimum pace because we, we kind of had reason to believe that. I Real quick, I honestly, I don't know what tires he had left either to That's choose true. from. Uh, neither do I. So, so who knows what happened there, but um, I think Mc, McLaren gave it hell. Uh, and I was with you. I was a little surprised to see him try to compete with Max head to head on strategy. That was like, I don't know who would 
actually attempt that without a large gap, which he didn't have. Um, he was actually behind him at the beginning of that sequence. So that's like, I don't know what, what we're doing. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think, I, I still think he's the driver of the day. He, he did get the driver of the day vote today. But um, I actually will disagree with that. I don't think he was the driver of the day. Who's your driver of the day? I, well, before knowing what has come out now, which we'll get into that, Hamilton's the driver of the day. Okay. Yeah. Hamilton, I thought, drove a better race than Norris did. Yeah. But he's not. Because Norris started second, <laughs> Hamilton started fourth. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the start was good. I mean, I will give Norris that. Um, I thought that was a really ace start from Lando taking the lead. I thought he covered all the positions correctly. It was clean. It was nice. He's just not Max Verstappen. That was his only problem today is that he was not Max Verstappen. Because I don't think it's no, he was. I don't think it's that he's not in a Red Bull. I think it's that he's not Max Verstappen. I'm I'm really starting to lean towards that because we've been on this whole like, oh, well, it's the team and all the drivers are perfect. And that's something I've been saying is like the assumption of Formula One is that every driver is the exact same. It's the car. You know, that's why we're here. It's like drivers are perfect. You know, I I'll just I think today. If Norris is in Perez's car and starting second. Norris wins. I don't know, man. I don't think so. I think if Max is in Norris's car starting second and Norris is in Max's car, Max still wins. This guy is bonkers, dude. That's a bold he's putting, statement. He's putting 22-second okay. gaps on second place in some races. Like, I, I really... But you're saying <laughs> Max is the goat. Yeah, I think he's the greatest driver ever, for sure. And it sucks because he's kind of that, that. That's to be he's determined. Kind of, he's, We're not. I, I can't get into that debate you know, right he's now. He's kind of a little, I don't know, prick. I don't know how else to say it, but like, he is. A, he's a prick. But like, I, yeah. No, I do think that this kid is the dude. He's the he's the the goat. I'm telling you, NASCAR. I mean, I'm not NASCAR. I'm telling you, F1 needs an all star race <laughs> like NASCAR has, so that we can get them in I F2 would cars love... and see how it goes. That shit. Wouldn't that be badass? Yeah. They that could would never be show so much better than the actual racing. Like let's they could never show the their hand. Dude. They could never show <laughs> but their then hand. We wouldn't have these debates. <laughs> I still think yeah. it would be cool to throw them all in one though, just for like a. You know yeah. what, man? Just give them like an a, gen, a generic F one car or something. I guess you're right. using F one. Fun conversation. Fun conversation. All right, it's F one Mario Kart. I think it would be fun to see. It's F one Mario Kart. They're all in the same cart. Who's your top three? But dude, honestly, let's just throw them in a cart race. Like seriously, that'll just, that'll really tell us who's. But who's good. your like, top driving three? A cart like, almost like insane. who's the bet? Who would take one, two, and three? I know I heard someone's soul saying that in that race. One, two, three. I think hands down you're gonna see. Um, so okay, the Max only thing Hamilton I'm gonna Morris. say. No, the <laughs> only thing I'm gonna say is a lot of people count out Leclerc, but I actually think if you gave Leclerc the car, he could win the championship like Max is doing. Now, don't get me wrong. He makes mistakes. I'm not saying he doesn't. He's not perfect. He's not He's not Mr. Consistent. I don't, right. I don't, I don't agree with that. But in regards of who can perform like Max performance, I think on the grid, 
at the moment, I think Max, not in any order, by the way, I think Max, Lewis, Norris, and Leclerc are probably the four best. I think they're yeah. better than I think they're better than Russell personally. I think Russell's too inconsistent, but he's just he's. I mean, he's still technically new to driving a fast car, kind of thing, right? So, are we surprised? No. Do I think he's worse than everyone there? No. Like he's probably just as good, but. I think Lewis's experience, though, is one of those things where it's like, the re- if you really truly wanted to find out who is the best, you'd have to get them all at a certain time of their career when they were at their peak or something like that. Because the problem is, no matter what you do and how even the cars are, like Lewis has the most experience, so he should win. Like logically speaking, right? So, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I think we have a fantastic grid, and I think it's, you know, everybody can say what they want about new generation drivers. I think this is probably the most competitive grid we've ever seen. I Yeah. I I think um, I'm going to just throw some, I don't know if these are my actual picks, but I'm going to throw some dark horse names out there. I think Alexander Albon is incredibly talented. I think he's great too, yes. I agree. I think he slept on. I think he got his shot and kind of got dicked a little but no, dude, Alexander Albon impresses me week after week, year after year. I think he puts his nose like uh, how how often do you guys find yourself saying like, holy shit, like Albon, you know, or like P11, like or, you know, whatever. Like it's it's consistent. Like dude is good in a race car. I also think that everyone has forgotten that Fernando Alonso is on the grid. Oh, yeah, right. I did forget. You know what? I did forget, too. He he would be right there too. You like, know what? Top three wise, I, I would have to choose. Dude, that. you put Hamilton and Alonso in the same equipment. I gotta take Fernando Alonso, dude. I just have to. I don't actually know who'd win that. I, he's I could, a killer. I he's just a killer, and uh, he's got instinct. I think Hamilton does too. But like you said, it's kind of when they were in our. I think it comes down to qualifying. Well, Verstappen, no, Alonso, and Hamilton would be the three best. That it's I would it's pick when on it right when now. you come down to their career, like you said, like I think Hamilton in younger years was special and still is special but like fernando alonso is still a monster like like a monster that is true i won't disagree with that 100 percent. so I, yeah um, you know what also got what other guy people forgot about and probably don't even know about because they didn't watch f2 and three guan yu Zhou is a unit in f2 Yes. Nobody saw that guy's career in F2. He was unreal and he got put in a friggin' Alfa Romeo. It's so sad. He's just wasting Dude, away. He had a he's wasting badass away badass helmet this weekend, too. Oh, I didn't see it. But the poor guy's wasting away at Alfa Romeo. I really would love to see if he could do it top equipment. Because watching the guy in F2 was like, holy shit, dude. This guy's aggressiveness is nuts. And he would throw it in and it would stick. He could do some crazy shit that I've never seen before. Yep. Yeah, well, one of those Yuki guys was where like he, that. You don't know him. Yeah, Yuki was too. Sonoda in F2 was like unreal. And then you see them in like these mid to back team marker cars and you're like, fuck, like, I don't know if that's actually how good he is, you know? Yeah. I think qualifying will would decide that race, like definitely in a cart race. I think you would have to do like a qualifying set the field, let them race and then invert the field after that race to like really get a feel for it because I literally think once they took off, like I'm just going to say max max qualifies on pole. And then you have 
Leclerc and then Norris and Hamilton. You're racing think, for hundreds at that point. Yeah, they're all going to be neck and yeah, neck. There's no, you're no way you're getting around any of those guys. Like, those guys are going to drive so well that you're they're not going to be able to pass each other. So I think you have to like. It literally comes down to. I guess yeah. I guess the better question is who doesn't show up. Like, I I hate to say it. I think uh, I just haven't seen the talent out of Pierre Gasly this year than I thought I would. Mm. He's not showing up at all. And I and he's he's had the resume. He's been in larger teams like Red Bull. He has uh been on the podium a lot. Um I don't he's just not doing it for me this year at all. Uh I love the French thing. I love that. That's really really cool. But I think Alpine, maybe with their investor group, are going to see something better. But with all of the engine problems like we saw today, um, you know, retirements, um, all yeah, Ocon. yeah, all of the, it, I don't know, man, he's just uninspired. Uh, so I think he's back of the grid. I think I think Esteban Ocon's a good driver. I've always felt like he's a really solid driver. So maybe it's just Alpine that's just sucking. Um, and like what you said about Joe, I think I think you're absolutely right because if Alpha Romeo had anything to show, then Botas would be scoring points because he's a phenomenal driver. And we know that. Like we know that that dude's solid and can be consistent. And it's not like he doesn't know the tracks. Like, you know, dude is one coda. So you know, it's obvious that their their kit is bad. He's bringing in a paycheck, and he's happy at what he's doing. Yeah, right he's drinking now. beer, growing mullets, drinking coffee. Stellar. Yeah. So oh. no, I don't. I I I but, do. I do think Norris is is excellent. I think Leclerc is excellent. Um, but we're gonna have many many years to see them be excellent. So I don't think the story's over for those guys. You know. I hope so because I think Leclerc's gonna freaking. Drink too much freaking booze here shortly, fucking after driving for Ferrari for so long. Dude, he's Poor a world champion. Yeah. He, he's a killer. He could have been in 2022 Ferrari. if they had the car. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Leclerc and Hamilton, I guess we should jump into the breaking news that just happened, what, hours yeah. ago? Not Give even it to about me. 45 minutes ago, an hour ago. So, yeah, um, they yeah. got invested and I guess for... Recording this Sunday evening after the two races, so yeah, they got they got uh, investigated. This there is for breaking Sushi. news for us. Yeah, so they got investigated for their floors during the final stint um, of the of that. It was very close, so they got investigated for. There is a rule saying your floor can only wear so much. They have this like strip of wood. I don't remember what they called the rule. It was like a plank plank rule or something. And uh, essentially what it is, is it can only wear so much before your car is deemed illegal because um, I, I don't know if this came in recently or if this has been here forever. Last time I remember hearing about it was like Schumacher getting DQ'd in the late 90s. Uh, but essentially, there's this board on the bottom of the car, and if it wears too much, you get DQ'd. It's to prevent them from running too low of ride heights. So I guess Leclerc and Hamilton, unfortunately, were guilty to this. 
And uh, this is what happened, unfortunately. Uh, so that did a big, that had a big effect on the race. Uh, yes, it did. Huge. Oh, here's the, here I found the actual rule. So the two drivers were in breach of Article 3.5.9E of the 2023 Formula One technical regulations. This reads, the thickness of the plank assembly measured normal to lower surface must be 10 millimeters plus or minus and 0.2 millimeters. Oh, sorry, sorry. 10 millimeters plus or minus 0.2 millimeters and must be uniform when new. A minimum thickness of 9 millimeters will be accepted due to wear and conformity for this provision will be checked at the periphery, periphery, peripheries? That's a word? Of the designated holes. Man, I will never, like, British rule books are, like, so, like, fancily written. It's actually And at the insane. dawn of the third Thursday. <laughs> it's actually, like, <laughs> reading it, I'm just, like, struggling to comprehend even what they're trying to say. But essentially what it says has to be 10 millimeters plus or minus 0.2 millimeters. And if you wear it too much, you are, in fact, screwed. So DQ. they broke that rule. That's tough. Dang, dude, that's tough. So probably running over too many curbs. I will say this is the first time we've seen some consistency for F1 and them actually preaching uh, what they, uh, sorry, practicing what they preach. So that's cool. That rule's been there a long time. I mean, we saw last time someone got DQ'd. I, I want to say it was Schumacher is what I saw. Um, yeah. Another cool stat we should probably go over. Max got his fifth win. That's cool. 50th win. Holy shit. Yeah, I hope it was his fifth win this uh this this last month. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh other than that, that's pretty much it for the weekend. Uh, what about you guys? You got anything else for another us? stat to go over is because of those DQs, I stay in the lead of what in it when it oh, been it because of our Because of the week. DQs, Logan Sargent win uh, gets a point too. I forgot that. Yeah, American gets a, a point. Last time that happened was 30 years ago with uh, Michael Andretti. Yeah, so that was cool. I saw that stand too. I'm still in the lead. Yeah, Norman ends up. So I almost I got the two and out at the end of the race, but that did change after uh, the DQs. So with the DQs, I had uh, I guess we should run through our picks from last week really quick and then let's run through our yeah. new ones and then wrap it up. So uh, last week. I had picked Hamilton to be uh, we're, I'm just going to go through wins and then we can go through the rest later. But I picked Hamilton to win. Uh, Dave picked Russell. Levi picked Piastri. Norman picked Norris. So with the DQ, Hamilton was second. I did get the point after the race. And then I also had an in pick of Norris. So I got a second point. And then with the DQs, that eliminated Hamilton, um, which then put Norman into another point. And I just realized uh, Dave had Leclerc to Bennett. So with the DQ, does he get the point for that? I don't I know. Do. We never really. That was like. Let's give it to I him. Do. I was going to say, I think, it's fair. Point, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. He didn't bin yeah. it, but his team binned it. So we'll give him the point. He didn't. He didn't finish. Technically, he didn't finish the right. He finished the race, but didn't finish yeah, the race. Yeah, I don't. We don't actually have it like technically defined. So, I mean, you know what? We'll just. He finished last. He did finish last. Like they classified him as 20th. I guess. I don't know if he got DQ'd first or how that Dude, works. Dude, that's but. worse than Piastri and Ocon. Yeah, it is. They actually finish worse than guys that didn't DNF, so that's cool. Um, I win. Other than that, though, uh, it's going to be tight. So we have the points currently stand. Norman's got 17, I have 16, Levi's got 15, and Dave's got 11. So Dave could come back. It's quite possible. There's four races left, so... Uh, with that being said, and we start the picks over too. Yeah, Antonio leads us off, so it's all coming to play down these last four weeks. Yeah, so and just to roll you through in it, win it, bin it. Basically, how it works is every week we pick three drivers. We want one who's going to win, one to be in, and one who's going to bin. Win defines as the highest finishing non-Verstappen car. 
uh, gets you one point. Uh, so basically, we're fighting for second. Um, Init gets you the uh, sorry. Init is defined as a driver finishes in a point scoring position, and Bennett is a driver who DNFs from the race. So that I got a question. Point. I know we don't have Levi here, but I was thinking about this earlier, and I mentioned it today for next season, kind of changing the rules up a little. But I was thinking, like, we're we're it's literally all down to this last four races. We're not. It'd be better for even on points. So I don't think it's that great now. But what if like my win pick, if you pick it as your end pick, if I get the win, you get no points for your end. Mm, could be different. I think we should I think we should just change it around in general and try and pick something else. Or like uh or yeah. like have a list of how many times you can pick it. Like there's we do this in this pool that I'm in, and basically you gotta pick every driver once and you can't pick a driver more than three times. And it's actually been a lot of fun because you come to the end of the season and you have no good drivers left and you're like Oh shit! Who do I pick this week? Who's gonna finish eighth and ninth or tenth? You know what I mean. So I think that way would be more fun. But we can talk it is, about it. Another it just time. came we'll to my it mind out. when, because like my win pick gets me a point, but you also get a point because you picked him. Norman just wants to win. That's pick. really what it comes down to. Who doesn't want to win? Why win nothing? Who cares. I'd rather win my pool. <laughs> Those DQs, clutch. Anyways, uh, let's so let's uh, roll into it. I'll. Uh, I'd rather have bragging rights. Because there's no money that I bet with. Yeah, you're, so. you're, you're a Ford guy, so you need some sort of bragging rights because y'all can't brag about your trucks. <laughs> Anyways. Um, <laughs> and my truck runs perfectly freaking yeah, fine. Isn't it a Toyota? <laughs> I have a That's Ford funny. Team, so. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and for the main one, you drive a Toyota. Hi, Antonio, let, let's kick us off for the Mexican Grand Prix. All right. Well, we know that uh, traditionally that um, Mercedes does pretty well there. So we're going to pick Hamilton to win. Uh, I'm going to pick Russell to be in it. And I'm going to pick Sargent to bin it as usual. I'm going to keep up the Sargent train. He just got points. But you know what? He's going to bin it this week because he still sucks. All right, Dave, take us away, buddy. Oh, we did get Levi's stuff too. So I'll read that out after Dave goes. But uh, Davis, you're up, buddy. Perez to win it because Ooh. Mexico. Nice. And enough. Red Bull. Mainly Red Bull. You know what? I'm going to switch that. Prez to win it because Red Bull and Mexico. And Charles Leclerc in it. And then Bennett. Oh. Let's have old Mr. Oh. No, I think we're going to have a wreck this race. I, I I always try to swing for the fences with this one, man. I think I think uh, Bennett. George. Dude, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> don't say that. It's so hard to do this. No, don't say that. Um, <laughs> really? Bennett. Uh, we'll take a safe bet. Yuki Sonoda. I'll just go ahead and take it off. The table. Safe bet. <laughs> a safe bet. The guy who's not been at all yeah, year. Yeah, I know. He hasn't gotten us a point all year. He's going to give me a point this year. <laughs> this one. This one. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I think the one race we didn't pick him was the yeah, only race he I was going to say, in. I think the one race nobody picked him. <laughs> Anyways, Le Levi ended up picking uh, Norris to win it. Um, I think he's crazy. He picked Signs to be in it. No, he's not. And Stroll to bin it. You think so? I don't think Norris gonna do well next race. I don't think so. I don't think McLaren's gonna do good at this track. But maybe that's just me. Mexico's kind of odd. They haven't disappointed. I was the guy that jumped on the bandwagon with them. And y'all told me I was crazy, and now look at me in the points. Okay, but to be fair, when you picked them at the time, you didn't get any points. 
Okay, well, anyways, it's leading. your turn now, so go ahead. <laughs> I, well, Just saying, I would have won with my picks from Imola, but we got canceled, so can't say anything. Unfortunately, <laughs> my Norris pick is gone, so I've got to go with the Piastri pick. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to ride this McLaren train all the way to the finish line. So I'm going to go with Piastri this week to win it, uh, to be in it. I'm going to go Hamilton, but or not Hamilton, Norris, because I feel like I can grab a point there um, just to be safe. My Ben pick's going to be, I just don't think um, Alpine's got it. And I'm going to go Pierre Gasly's going to have um, a malfunction. Well, tune in next week and we'll see if Norman's still leading. So he'll probably choke. He always does, but we'll figure it out. So. This leads us into the final four races, so this will be good. We all get to get one final pick one time. I'm going to get shafted at the final race because I'm going to have to pick last, but nevertheless, we all get a pick. You got to make your pace count now. So, You know what's funny? I've picked Hamilton to win it the last four races. I have strong <laughs> faith in Hamilton, apparently. I'm just looking at the, the leaderboard. <laughs> and I've also picked Sargent to win it two three of the last four times too or yeah i guess including this week for the last five it'd be interesting we need to make that google doc public information so people can go back and like kind of see how we pick yeah i think they should be able to you know it's funny i think hamilton's been picked almost every time by somebody i would believe it well he's i wouldn't Doubt He's a it, very like, good race car driver. This is true. And if you're down to the last pick, you and he's left on the board, I would pick him. You, you, know? you know what's funny? We all picked Verstappen in round two, back when we could take Verstappen, and none of us got a point for that because Perez won that race. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> uh, that's before we really had rules either. Yes. Yeah, yeah, before we could. Yeah, I know. That was kind of stupid times. We changed that pretty quick, though. I think we changed that in round four because that was the only one. I don't yeah. see duplicates after that. But yeah, we'll change it up um, next season, make it a little bit more interesting. Maybe make it a little bit easier to follow, too. We'll see how the hell it uh, how the hell it goes. But other than that. But on another else? note. So you got something else? Yeah. Um, we're, what, two weeks away from Team Goon Squad's um, Super Speedway shootout. On uh, what is that, November 6th? Am I correct on that, guys? Uh, I think so. For at Talladega, isn't it the Dega. first? The first is the next Wednesday, if that's what you're asking. And otherwise, it's the eighth. The eighth, and then it's the eighth. Oh, yeah, yes, it is. Eighth. I have it All in right. my calendar. Look, see the red one TGS yeah. Talladega. <laughs> yeah, uh, my bad. Team Good Squad, Super Speedway Shootout, um, Talladega, November 8th, and the uh, Nash Truck will be coming to you. Um, I'll be claiming my second win. Please, so. please join that. Come try to beat our asses because you ain't going to do it because we know strategy there now that Dave understands what's going on. Does he, though? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. So. Yeah, and I think that's wraps us up. All we've got got for this evening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and see you for yeah, Sterling Marlin uh, next week. Yeah, 
we, we got some interesting Charlie Marlin um, to talk about. And hopefully Levi joins us again next week, and we'll see you. Sports awesome. And... <laughs> Sports sucks, yeah. and so does Norman. <laughs> see you guys next week.